at CFNI is, I think that's whenever my, my not unraveling because nothing unraveled. <laughs> it was mostly just like loosening. Yeah. 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 I, I would say that I let go of a lot of ideas that sure. were fundamental to who I was. One of them specifically being that Hillsong is the best thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> that was, that was, I like how you had to like deconstruct that first. I did. I really did, man. you for tuning into this week's episode of the slow joy show uh you know it's been it's been a lot of episodes so far so if you're still listening that's awesome and if you're not listening then you're not even here so mm, don't care um i know we usually do a fun funny laughing silly goose kind of time don't say silly goose not a, i'm not that kind of i'm not that guy pal um we just do you know we just ha- usually have a good time here um but today's going to be a little bit of a heavier one uh, I'm talking to a really good close friend of mine uh, about something that's near and dear to my heart and near and dear to his heart. Um, just dealing with, you know, religious trauma and uh, that whole bag of whatever that bag is. So if you're interested in that sort of thing, stick around. If you're not interested in that sort of thing, there's plenty of other silly things you can listen to. But this one's a good one. Uh, I didn't want to do the big old hoorah type you know intro um for him mostly because it's not i don't want to i don't i want to start it out i want to get into it i don't really want to i don't really want to joke around and then kind of slowly get our ease our way into it um but this is a heavy heavy discussion this is something that's affected a lot of people and it's affected me in my life um being raised in the south it is a, it is a heavy thing um and, and dealing with that in a healthy way, in an open way is okay. So if, if you're kind of going through this, I hope this is something that helps. If it if it isn't something that you're into and maybe you, it kind of frustrates you to think about, maybe maybe think about it. Maybe maybe think about why that makes you mad, why questioning things can, can make you angry. Um, it's an okay thing to you know believe what you want to believe. Also, if it's just not relevant at all, that's okay too. I mean, we're all in different paths and we're all just looking for our own way. So just wanted to put that out there. Um, it's a fun one. Um, he's a great person. I've known him forever and I'm really excited to dive into it with him. But I just, I just want to, I just want to preface trigger warning. If you're dealing with, uh, if you're dealing with religious trauma, you know, this is something that we're working on together. Um, and if you have any questions, always feel free to reach out. Happy to reach out. Anyway, let's get it started. Okay, cool. So then we went down to to Christ for the Nations Institute, and I looked around and I was like, uh, "Okay, I'll go here." <laughs> that was essentially like <laughs> my arrival point because I did the internship at the church for the year, and I was still like, "Well, I don't really want to go to like real school." I'm just stupid. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> should have gone to real college. <laughs> should have learned a skill. Yeah, yeah. anything. And uh, then I came down you, to you. Still could have done the church thing. They still would have. Oh taken yeah, hundred percent. Like you still like if you had a talent, they mm. would have taken you. Oh yeah, like, yeah, you can play. Absolutely. But now I was just like, I mean, I got a lot better at specifically at drums and acoustic. Yeah. Uh, at CF and I, because I was surrounded by musicians and I was surrounded by people that were always practicing and always playing. And so I was always yeah. practicing and always playing at, like different churches or even uh, in the drum shed and just like all the time. Yeah. Y'all were, y'all were the cool guys of like church, 
That's school. true. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, oh, they're a CF and I can't. And I was like, they're, then he's really good at like their instrument. Cause like that was a thing that was just, yeah, everybody, you, you could just tell. everybody from CF and I that was at Hope, like me and Mark and David. And I think there was other people, but I don't remember. David Lamar. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't seen that guy in a while. He says hi. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's he cool. He messaged uh, whenever I did that question and answer thing. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, what was the Oh, yeah. Everybody that would like come up to Hope and stuff. Um, I think it was partially though because of like who was already there. Yeah. So it's like David was like me and David were like already there. Yeah. And so it's like we're gonna just bring like people that are good. Yeah. <laughs> just keep keep funneling yeah. into it. Keep yeah. keep the keep the lines like pretty closed yeah. so like good people only come. So we did that for a while. Uh but uh but yeah, at CFNI is I think that's whenever my my not unraveling because nothing unraveled. <laughs> it was mostly just like loosening. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I would say that I let go of a lot of ideas that sure. were fundamental to who I was. One of them specifically being that Hillsong is the best thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was I like how you had to like deconstruct that first. I did. I really did, man. Because I remember my first chapel is the first time I had ever experienced spontaneous worship. Wow. And I was like what the hell is this? For, well, for, for, for people who, so spontaneous worship is the act of, oh. you're, you're playing these worship songs. Right. So it's like cover songs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, then, <laughs> and then eventually you just start playing like a chord progression over and over. Mm-hmm. Usually the one that like emotionally manipulates people the most. Well, yeah. So like a six, four, one, five, like yeah. something that's like super dark and like moody and something and then, that you can build and layer. Yeah. And, and you just, you keep going you just like start saying things. Yeah. You it. just stay like, Kind of whatever you want. You protect me. Yeah. You protect me. Mm-hmm. You protect I mean, that, me in front of everybody. That sounds exactly like, like yeah. something. Everyone's like, yeah, you really want to. I remember at, at Sagu, which is like another uh, Christian college um, that Very I, close. the one that I went to, yeah. Uh, there was a song. Um, I don't remember the, the whole song, but there, there was a part where. It, it builds. A build is huge in worship music, right? Is it so with it's everything? Like, yeah, yeah. Well, no. It, it's a, the mountains shake before. Oh, yeah. And like they played it all the time. Oh, uh, the, the great I am. Yeah, the great I am. So they're building. The mountains shake before. And like clockwork, they would go, the demons running free. And you would hear like seven people, yes, every time. Yeah, you're every, right. You talk about a demon in a song and people are like, <laughs> Ah, yeah, you're that's, right. That's, or, or if it's, um, oh God, what was that song? It's basically like the Cupid Shuffle, but for Christian worship. What? Uh, I think it's for, oh, I'm gonna dance a little louder than before. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That song, Eddie James or something. Yeah. I think it's the it's Cupid literally it's literally the Cupid Shuffle for Christians because <laughs> they'll be like, I'm gonna sing a little louder than before, and then it's like, oh. Like, it's just all over the place, and it's pretty ridiculous. It's crazy how that stuff has become like cultural. Mm-hmm. It's become it's become a thing that like you have to do. You oh yeah, you gotta have a section where you just sing. I mean, I, I chords. I, we you gotta do improv. Yeah, we'll we'll get into it a little bit later. Cause, but like, I was uh, for me that was the only thing I had whiplash pretty much. I was like, this is the only thing that is worship. All this other stuff is just cover songs. 
So you got to that point. You got you yeah. went you went the other way. Yeah, said, I did. I well, I have a really difficult time doing anything halfway. <laughs> so I do know that about so, you. So yeah. <laughs> so everything's a hundred a hundred percent for if me. If you're into something, you're really yeah. into that. Which thing. isn't it's not like the most negative trait. You yeah. know, I, I could be addicted to meth. Yeah. This is better than that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, so it's subjective. Yeah, you're right. About a hundred percent though. Yeah. <laughs> but I I just um so I tried to take that. Uh, that new experience that I was having, this mm-hmm. new wave and this new like, almost like a color wheel. So, you know, before I had like red, blue, yellow, green, mm-hmm. right? I had a really nice color wheel. I enjoyed it a all lot. all your solid colors. Yeah. Right. And after going to CFNI, it's like all of it like, split open yeah. and so there was just tons of new colors i had fucking magenta and <laughs> emeralds and yeah. whatever sapphire yeah, and yellow again but it, it was just like exploded so i tried to take this idea back to amarillo cool and i was like guys like we can do this this is after you graduated or this, this is like while you're in in, in, in the middle of it yeah i was like we can do this so i brought it back never really worked yeah surprise yeah because you have you have to have like a willing like, mm-hmm. Like it's there's, a very, a, there's a market for that here. Yeah, and CF and I, for lack of a better term, it's a very manufactured environment. Sure, everybody that's there is literally going to Bible school. Yeah, so you know, there's a lot more or a lot less apprehension to anything. Uh, and you know, whenever you have to wake up every morning at you know eight a.m. to be in an hour long worship set, and then you go to class. Yeah, it wears you down over time. So yeah. you're just like really into it. You're in the flow. You're in the groove. You, you know, you're you, doing. You just lock into it. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I. Speaking of that, that reminds me of uh, one of my favorite things was every morning when like someone would get the lead uh, worship, they would always like pray before. Yeah, and it was like a Monday, and like we had class. Uh huh. They'd be like, "God, make this morning different." And I was like. <laughs> Or just make it the same. It's the same. If if this is emotionally charged and crazy, uh-huh. like it usually is, then uh-huh. it's not different. It's different, not different would be like mellow. Mm-hmm. But like your and this was usually you know other kids my age who it's finally their chance to lead. <laughs> right. Yeah. You just want your turn. Yeah. Really. You just like you think you've watched enough people do this. Yeah. And so you know how to do it. Yeah. That's Which I felt I did the same thing. Exactly. I did exa- I, we all I remember, do that. I remember being super arrogant, being like, "I'm not gonna be like that one." And dude, as soon as I got the chance to be on stage at <laughs> a mega church, I was like, "Yes, yeah, Get honestly, God, make this morning different so that I could start singing on a Sunday." Honestly, like that's it's the same thing. Yeah, it's it's, it's very it's a systemic issue. I I really do think, but well, I, I mean, it's 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 yeah. So because it's culture. I mean, yeah. Let's keep going. Okay. Let's, okay. So so you do that. Um, yeah, so I'm at CFNI, and it's the first time I've really started to actually learn like real building blocks about the faith of Christianity and Jesus and all this and the Bible and everything. And um, it's also one of the first times I'm encouraged to like be asking questions and like mm-hmm. getting answers and like looking for different like views and perspectives here. Uh, which isn't necessarily something CF and I encourage. That's just something that. <laughs> just something that that's happened. just something that happened. Yeah. That, that's just something that happens whenever you have friends that don't think exactly like you, <laughs> that aren't all from a small town yeah. in West Texas. But the 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 amount of like growth that I had then uh, was just it was like a astronomical shoot for me. Wow! Uh, because a lot of the Bible 
became more real because I was listening to it. I was reading it. I was like looking into things about it's it. Like actually, a five hour energy drink of yeah. spiritualism. Yeah. yeah, and then I started like looking into it a little bit closer, and too, I was like, too close. I was like, oh, wait a minute, what? Like something that bothered me. We had a class called Creation Science. Oh. Surprise! Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And it was a required class by all first years. Essentially, the class teaches that the Genesis is a literal like creation of the universe. That's insane. So there's six days. Yeah. God made everything in six 24-hour time periods. Yes. <laughs> and uh, not only that, but the giants were real. Like the Noah's flood was real and God oh, spared Noah. Giants. I forgot about yeah. that. that and it's just like a, like a, like a passing idea. It's a whole, in the, in yeah. the Bible when people are like the, the, what are they called? The something lists? Uh, the Nephilim. The Nephilim. Yeah. yeah. And they're like, this is what it's going to have been. And this is actual proof. And I'm like, yeah, dude, yeah. that was like a sentence. <laughs> like if there was a sentence in a story, I'd be like, must well, not okay, be significant. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Right. But like people have, people have made their entire lives on. Yeah, they've they've built their entire everything on this kind of stuff. I, I remember, I remember thinking to myself uh, around the same time I'm at I'm at a Bible college, right? And I remember thinking Just Bible college, bro. Yeah, heck yeah. <laughs> uh, there was a point where that we were reading off like the numbers of people who were going to go into battle with David or something, right? Like Nine hundred thousand horses, and that, and the Bible was one hundred percent infallible, so you know this is true, right? And I was like, so if someone counted wrong, <laughs> are y'all cool with that? Are y'all or, good with that? Yeah, you, y'all sure you're okay with cause, that? Because like, if it was nine hundred, and that's what I really posed that question to a lot of my mm-hmm. my friends was. If it was nine hundred thousand, nine hundred and ninety nine, and not one, you know, one mm-hmm. million, not one deviation, yeah, would that ruin the entire work of the Bible? And then people were like, "Yes." Oh yeah. And, and did that, they ever read the Gospels? Oh. That's what kind of just like started started that mm-hmm. uh, that weird motion for me, where I was like, "This something's not yeah. right here," or the idea that. I guess I'm getting a little too far. No, that, this is great. This is my favorite stuff. The idea that the fall happened and I like mm-hmm. told people the fall, like the whole creation story is basically trying to get back to the narrative is Adam and Eve, Adam and Eve fall, you know, mm-hmm. we, we, here's Jesus. Mm-hmm. Jesus is like the way to fix it, to go back to Adam and Eve. Right. right. What's to stop us from doing that again? I mean, you're right. What, what's, and I, and I legitimately, I asked some, some spiritual leaders in my life. I was like, okay, so the whole goal is to get back to pre fall right. mankind. And yeah. Like, yeah. That's what heaven and the new earth and all that stuff. Okay, that's well, what it says. <laughs> okay. So they were already there. Right? Okay. Go with me. <laughs> so you, you admit they were already there. Yes. Okay. <laughs> what's going to stop us from doing that again? Cause listen, that was just two people. That and one it. happened There's to be so like, many make more a mistake. Are we just going to keep doing this? Like the matrix? Like if that was going <laughs> to, we're actually in and a simulation. This, yeah. <laughs> Matrix theory confirmed. Oh, that would suck. If that was the case, that would suck to be Jesus. He's just like, again. He just has to die all the time. All the he's, time. He just, is like the fixed point in time yeah, that yeah. has to always happen. Yeah, he's a Neo. Oh, damn. Sucks for him. Anyway. <laughs> Jumping back into it. No, uh, but, but stuff like that. There's literally... Uh, there's two stories in the Bible in the Old Testament that that made me even question back then because we were doing Old Testament survey, mm-hmm. which is just a fat ass book <laughs> that you just gotta read and just like grit your teeth and get through it, you know. And uh, I was just going through it, and I realized I think I can't remember where it is now, but I think it's Second Kings, 
and I think it's in Second Kings, and I think it's in First Chronicles. I can't remember, mm-hmm. but it's the same story, and it's the story of whenever David takes a census of Israel, and in one story, I think it's in Kings, in that story, uh, David is essentially like like misled by Satan mm. to take a census. And God doesn't want a census because God doesn't want David to know how many people are in Israel. He doesn't want to know how strong his army is because he won't trust God then or something. That's the, like the, that's the narrative idea. Hmm. I don't understand. But then in first or second Chronicles or wherever the next, the, the same story is, it says that David asked his like counselors and his counselors were like, yeah, it's probably a good idea to take a census. I mean, we got to know how many people is in yeah, our army. How many people exist here? Yeah. <laughs> so it's, um, it's really funny because it's like somebody who was chronicling history was like, all right, so David talked to his counselors and then they said this. And then somebody who's like a member of that council is like, that's embarrassing. We're going to write a different story <laughs> yeah. and say it was the devil. Yeah. The devil told him to do that. Yeah. That's, but that's what happened to Will Smith. It was sto- <laughs> was it the devil the or dev- was it Aaron Yeager? The devil came and just... <laughs> Uh, okay, sorry. I, keep. It, but it was things like that. So it's like minor discrepancies that I had thought didn't exist because the Bible was infallible, right? Absolutely, that's what you're taught. Yeah, and I was a proponent at the time. This is like 2010. I was very much like, yeah, six days is all it took God to make everything. <laughs> Why is that hard to believe? Duh. Come on, guys. It says it. Jeez. Yeah. That, it's, the, it's, it's Hebrew. Come on. The the circular logic you have to go through to like, duh, it says it. That's yeah, why. It's, and, well, I, it's circular logic, but it's built around certainty. Yeah. And that's where I think the huge, just all of the issues are born from is just this incredible certainty that exists yeah. in not just the Bible, but like your specific sect of Christianity. Yeah. Yeah, because I mean, it's not like theology exists in a vacuum. Right. People at one point, and that was another thing that, and we can get into that later, but people. <laughs> How many used, stuff are we getting into the, later? Well, let's get into it. I just want to get to the. You, <laughs> <laughs> let's, we'll get into it later. Okay, all right. No, I, I think I think one of the in, interesting things about religion and faith is is that it, whatever, it usually echoes whatever culture is going through at the time. Yeah. So, so it's, it's a crazy thing to think. And they gave these terms a special revelation versus, uh, oh gosh, other revelation, <laughs> revelation. <laughs> minor, minor revelation. Yeah. It was ba- basically <laughs> things that were not from the Bible that God continues to do work on like right. slavery. Right. Like yeah. Slavery was never said, Hey, slavery is wrong. It was like, Hey, treat your slaves. Right. Which seems like a, a big oversight. So you solve it by like the special <laughs> revelation of God, but the cutoff, right? The big cutoff is like when you don't feel comfortable anymore. Well, the big cutoff is whenever culture says you're wrong. Uh, well, then that's where it's you don't yeah. feel comfortable anymore because because you're you no go, longer like, well, the majority. Duh, slavery is wrong. <laughs> we knew that all along. Yeah, well, of well, course. Why did you yeah. guys were like telling us that it wasn't wrong? Well, duh, it was. <laughs> but if you don't like women. As a man, <laughs> that's a step too far. And you're like, where is that? Well, because it you mean? says it in the Bible. I'm like, well, it says to treat slaves right. doesn't say not having slaves. So it's a whole thing where yeah. you, you, it's just this weird circular like. It's, it's a weird amalgamation. And I think it's because, well, 
I mean, we 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 all read the the Bible wrong, so there's that. <laughs> like that's a great start right yeah, there. It's it's a copy like, of a copy of a copy. We don't have the original. Hey, we don't have the original. There's no original. The original doesn't exist. Uh, correct. That's so crazy. They don't know what the original manuscripts are. Well, we also don't know who wrote them. <laughs> it's so crazy. We don't. I mean, the first four books are credited to Moses. Yeah. But Moses refers to himself in the third person, but then in the first person sometimes, and then like at different times, it refers to things that happened after Moses died. And so it's just very like, how did he write this? Or he wasn't there or he, yeah. yeah. It's a, it's a fascinating, it's, it's really fascinating. And I think this tying into the, the fact that you, so you were in Bible school and you, you can go one of two ways with that. Yeah. It it either takes you into this like, entire left side where you, you it flips you upside down because you're only living with this thing. Right. So you either get more ingrained in it and and really really don't question it at all or you go, "Oh, wait." <laughs> Cuz you're just that's all you got. You're 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 at a wall. Yeah. And and you you don't know what to do at that point. I hate confrontation. Yeah. As I think most people, I think most people should hate confrontation. It's a good thing because kind of you know it's it, people who love confrontation. I you know it's just anyway not important. Just 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 value it as like a normal thing. Like yeah, it should be a, yeah, you shouldn't love it or hate it. You yeah, should just, I it's, so, sometimes it's necessary. So for me, that split was happening live all of the time. So for the stuff that I couldn't reconcile, I just left it at the wall. <laughs> I was just like, oh, I don't know what to do with this. Boop. Yeah, just and then the stuff fine. that I could, which was music and good emotions and mm. relationships, this stuff that I could be like, oh, this is like community is and like yeah. church and stuff. I can I can do this. So that's what I focused on. That's why I focused on music and, and like growing up. Yeah, that's that's interesting. And it was it was I mean it was a little late. To, to question it. <laughs> yeah, you're you, right. You already had. I was already like two years into Bible school at that point. Loans were in there, <laughs> yeah. and you're like, I, I gotta do it. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, it's this really stressful thing, and you're in, in the middle of it too. Right. It's it, it, I mean, it's it's everywhere. It it was, it was how I was making money because mm-hmm. I was playing at churches. Yeah. It was all of my relationships in Dallas because everyone I knew was from churches or from Bible school. Yeah. And at that point, I didn't even, I wasn't even like fathoming leaving the faith yeah. at all. Uh, I was just like, oh, I have these questions, and it's just like, well, God works in mysterious ways, dude. I can't wait to be known as I am known, or okay. know as I am known, <laughs> right? Yeah. And I just didn't, I didn't know what to do with it, so I didn't do anything with it. And then I graduated from CFNI, mm-hmm. and I was still at Hope a lot. Yeah. I was playing a lot there. Tried to get a job there, yeah. and they were like, mm, you just don't have any experience. And I yeah. was like, yeah, like oh, oh, fair enough. All right, cool. I guess I'll go get some. Yeah. <laughs> And that's something I've never understood. This job doesn't want to hire you because you don't have experience. Uh, how, how do I get experience? You got to do it the entry level position. <laughs> we can't hire you because it, yeah, it's a weird. It was really weird. And as soon as you get that thing on your resume, it's yeah. And then they're like, oh, okay, he has experience. Uh, easy, yeah, yeah. So, but so then I went and worked at another church. And can I say church names on here? Do, do you think it'll that's, get in trouble? That's on you, man. <laughs> I just don't. I don't want to like. Did you sign NDAs? No. Then you're fine. Uh, well, I just don't. My my goal is never to like deconvert or like to persuade anyone to not be a part of something. Or, That's good. You know that, what I mean. That did did you land there or have you always been there? Well, because the anger takes you over when you first. Yeah, I anger. mean, I was, there's there's a lot of stuff that I still get really frustrated with, but it's it's hardly ever to do with like 
religion and it's usually to do with abuse. Mm. And I know that those two can be one on one. Like this like the same for some people. Sure. Um and I I do think that there's a lot of incredibly like large missteps with major religious corporations like the Catholic Church or even like the SBC or different things like that. I'll just go back a little bit further and just, uh, you know, the, the Crusades. <laughs> Spanish Inquisition. Spanish Inquisition. Uh, the fucking Holocaust. Like, it's just, a, you know, apartheid. I don't a know. A lot of things that. It's a lot used, of stuff. Used religion. Yeah. We'll say. Um, but like, it's never, like, if somebody is inside of a community that's healthy and they feel loved and they're happy there, uh, then. That's not a problem. That's a good thing. You know? Yeah. Uh, I don't feel that way. I, I probably won't ever feel that way inside of a of a religious context again. Oh, wow. And that's because of my own like trauma, my own experience. Yeah. Uh, it's not necessarily anybody's fault, but it is. You well, <laughs> you had a different experience than most people, though. Most people you yeah. know, go to church on Sundays. And right. Like, they, they don't get as, which is, much, which is why as it's, much church as you did. Exactly. Which is why it's, I don't, I don't, my, I, I don't. I mean, there are parts of me that are like, how can you look at the same things I'm looking at and wind up where you are and I wind up where I'm at? You should wind up where I'm at. <laughs> yeah. No, it, it reminds me of uh, AA. They say that uh, the people who are working in recovery are the most likely to relapse. They're like five times more likely to relapse than... Oh God, I'm going to relapse into religion? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think the religion made you relapse into something. You know what I mean? Yeah. The yeah. people who are working the closest in it uh-huh. usually are the ones who like have a hard, like get burned out and like have a hard time because you, yeah. you see all the bad parts of it too. So Yeah. It, you, you get to be the bad parts Yeah, too. Yeah, it's an it's a interesting... It's just so weird. I, I don't think a lot of people have the same... And you, and you notice this a lot with the people who were like super Christian. Uh-huh. Like... Dun, 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 like oh. the best, the best at it. Yeah, me. They're the ones. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was very good. We were all the pros. Yeah, we were and, great. And and you you notice that with this this type of person, because what happens is they go too far, mm-hmm. too close to the sun, get burned out, and then it just throw it just gets real bad from there. And then by that point, when someone's saying, "Well, it's not all of this," and you're like, "Okay, you're too late." <laughs> <laughs> I got too close. I got too anything you're gonna say. I know too much for right. you to be able to like yeah. untalk me into it. Right. It's, it's a whole thing. I've been doing this for years. You yeah. just found out about it, right? So, it's it's kind of like how the reaction to the Hillsong documentary. Yeah, you know, a lot of people are like, "Oh, that's just." You know, it, it's inevitable. It's a big thing, blah, blah, blah. This kind of deal, it's bad. But, you know, it's not my church, which is true. It might not be your church. Your church may not have a pastor that's covering up child sex abuse and another one that's wow. having multiple affairs. Yeah. But that's not really what the question is. The question is, why are these organizations promoting people that are doing these things? Mm. Like, why are these people rising through the ranks? And why is this kind of personality even praised as a Pastor, yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, very susceptible to charisma, um, so, and that was the goal, though. That was the goal. Oh, yeah. That was the goal is to become a pastor, yeah. become that hundred percent. And you got it. Oh yeah, you, you got uh, it. Kind of. <laughs> yeah. KC. So that's where you. Yeah, I, I. So I worked at a big church in Dallas. Oh yeah. And in between Hope, okay. so I was at Hope, and then I didn't get hired, and I was like, well, if I'm not gonna get hired at Hope, I need to like find somewhere else. Okay. So, can I ask? Yeah. Is it fellowship? Yeah, it was okay, fellowship. It was fellowship. <laughs> okay, sorry. I, 
They're, I'm okay with calling them. Out. Yeah, that's fine. That's yeah, fine. I just yeah. Yeah, yeah. keep going though. I, I, I'm just uh, curious. No, yeah, yeah. If you don't have to talk about them, if you. Oh no, it's fine with me. It's just a lot of billboards, man. They have they have a lot a, of marketing dollars. Yeah, you know how I said like every church is making more money than you can they, think. They are astronomically just, making cash. Just for perspective, um, we went to their their campgrounds years and years and years. Uh-huh. You've been there with me, and and, and it cost an astronomical amount of money it was for insane. kids to spend three days there. It was insane. It was, it was so crazy. Um, what is it called? At the Ab- Alasso Ranch. Ranch. Yeah. God. Homie has uh, his lake house on the campgrounds. Yeah. Y- you want to know why? Tax? Tax free. Yeah. And the church owns that lake house. Yeah. And they write it off. Yeah. Just like they own his house, they write it off. They own his cars, they write it off. As someone who just recently starts started to pay property taxes, <laughs> I will start a church. <laughs> yeah, just and it's, that's something that pastors actually do right now to beat the system. They claim their houses as a part of their ministry and they can write off their houses on their it's taxes. It's bonkers. It's pretty it's, imagine it's pretty not bad. paying especially oh. in Texas, imagine not paying property tax. Oh, I don't. I have a Oh. I have an apartment. Well, you do. You just you just don't feel it. Yeah, that's closely. true. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're yeah. right. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I do. I do. You're yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just so crazy though. Uh, it's 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 this like if you can separate yourself from it enough, mm-hmm. but not too much, right? You can really play it. Oh yeah, really well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's something I found really interesting. So so you started working on this like yeah insane church In, is insane insane it's in like how huge. big it is the massive scale yeah. The, the money, the all of it for and and then for like for it being a massive corporation that has so much money, mm-hmm. it was paying me pennies. Yeah, it was paying me like uh, before taxes. I think I was making like twelve or thirteen hundred every two weeks. No, yeah, and on top of that, uh, I was working. So Monday it was a like just a classic like nine to five. <clears throat> which is fine. Then on Tuesdays, it was uh, about 9 or 10 a.m. to about 8 or 9 p.m. It's a 12-hour day. Yeah. And right. then on Wednesday, it was probably the same thing except to like 10 or 11 p.m., depending on how long because youth would take. worship that day, yeah. Right. And then on Thursday, it was about 9 a.m. to 9 a.m. because there was a sat- uh, weekend rehearsal, and wow. I played on the weekends. And then Friday, we were off, unless you were in the youth team, because on Friday nights... There's band concerts, choir concerts, football games, basketball games, lacrosse. There's rich white kids up there, so yeah. lacrosse games. Yeah. And you had to go to them. Oh, my god! And you had to fucking hit on children to get them to come to the youth group. <laughs> it's weird as hell. But you just literally, like, you just, you and another guy, there. you walk yeah. up and be like, hey, guys, how's it going? I love your sneakers, dude. <laughs> You know, and it was just, I was did always you just like, you, find yourself doing that. You, yeah, yeah. I, you had to, Okay, you had to do it. You had to come and you had to like hand out stupid flyers for fellowship and whatever. And then on Saturday and, and with all due respect, it, it was, it was just in your mind, right? Like at this point it was like, well, at least we're getting them to come to church. Correct. It was a good I, I was, thing. I didn't like doing it because I didn't like doing it, Yeah, <laughs> but uh, we did that and we went to schools during the week, like on at lunchtime. We would go to like different high schools in the area and hang out with students. They would just let you? Yeah, I always felt like it was really, un- I was always really uncomfortable with it's it in general. Weird. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, that's what they did. And then on Saturdays, you're there from, uh, I think like, uh, I think I would get there at like one o'clock and I'd leave at like five or six. Man, that's, I mean, it's I another, think, no, no, no. which they consider that a half day. 
Yeah. And then on Sundays, you're there at like 6 a.m. And then you're leaving at like 2. That's a day. And you don't have a day off. No. Well, Friday, kind of, if you didn't have any games. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that was uh, that was it. And they were paying me like twelve hundred dollars every two weeks, so about six hundred bucks a week did before you, taxes. Do you know what the uh, Do you know what the hourly was? If you like, oh, I, I'm, if you did I, the I, actual hourly, I never did it. Yeah, that would it's, have been pretty gnarly. It's, it's probably depressing because you were doing like seventy. Bro, I was I was working yeah. so hard, and I was pushing myself. Like I was like, oh, like this is what ministry is. Like this is this is what, this is what, this is what yeah. God told me to do. So I'm going to do it. So I was yeah. just gritting my teeth. So about four weeks, I am just pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing. And then I, oh, I guess I should say, okay. So I met with the creative pastor before I got hired. Mm-hmm. And he was like, I saw like you're, you're real. Cause you got to send him like you're leading, mm-hmm. you know? He's like, I love how you lead. I love what you're doing. It's so different. And I think it's just exactly the kind of like vibe that we need and what we want here. And I was like, that's awesome. It's building you up. I yeah. was like, that sounds great. Oh, thanks, dude. Yeah, yeah, I'm you know, yeah. Right? So I joined. And then four weeks, so I'm a, I'm a month in, and I'm like, this is the hardest fucking shit I've ever done in my entire life. Sure. And they do not care at all. No. No. Nobody asks you, like, because they're all burned out too, right? But yeah. they're all making way more money than me, <laughs> so they're I mean, like burned out with nice cars. They're burned out with the with the Benz. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, and then uh, two weeks goes by. I'm hitting like I'm 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 over. Yeah, like, I don't have anything left. And it's in, just two weeks. Yeah, and two weeks goes by, and the creative pastor calls me back into his office. He's like, "How you doing, man?" And I was like. so in my head i'm thinking do i be honest with him or do i just fucking lie yeah and this is whenever i learned that you You always lie lie to your boss yeah (laughs) and i was like man i'm not doing great i feel like i'm having a really hard time like finding where i'm supposed to fit here and like really know what what i'm supposed to do and he goes "Mm, yeah we feel the same way um, oh. And I was like, oh, okay, all right, uh, I guess I'll go. And he's like, yeah, but, you know, feel free. Like, you can still keep serving and, like, you can keep being a part of the of, of fellowship. And I was like, that's you not know, I, I just don't think that's for me right now. Uh, thanks so much for the opportunity. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go. And, and that's how they fired you. Yeah, that's how they fired me. And, uh, and yeah, that was pretty rough. That, it was really hard on me. That really sucks. It was hard because I felt like I've only been here for six weeks, and yeah, what, like you, you Which hired I, me. I, I heard different. that story several times. Like, not <laughs> not, not you, like just several. I thought people. you were saying I told you no, that no, no, story no. a that, lot. That similar thing, where someone like specifically at this place like does it for a little bit, and then they're like, yeah. "You're fired." Just, yeah, the turnover for, there is insane. Yeah, I think Ed Young's uh, thing. Well, his thing is that he's an asshole, but <laughs> I think one of his. Uh, I think one of his like his like church leaderisms or whatever is that you need to have something like 15% of turnover a year on your staff to keep your staff fresh. And I was like, that's, is that the most toxic thing I've ever heard in my life? A lot of uh, like people's livelihood. Yeah. That's, I mean, but he doesn't understand that he hasn't had to actually work for anything in a long time. So <laughs> yeah, it's pretty heavy, dude. I would I, say, I would say probably the hardest thing he's done in a long time was uh, stop dyeing his hair brown. 
<laughs> and just commit to the gray. Just commit to it. Yeah. Going to yeah. do the Botox though. Well, uh, yeah. You know, fearfully and wonderfully made, but super, sometimes it gets saggy. Super heavy. Super. I've just, I've had a lot of people, mm-hmm. like I know a lot of people just in passing who that same story, just a couple of weeks in. Oh, I'm sorry. It doesn't it work. It doesn't work. Bye. Yep. They like build you up and then just tear yeah. you down almost yeah. instantly. Yeah. That's crazy. Oklahoma was was a a bit of a of a better story though. I was there for about five years, I think four wow. four or five years. I didn't and know it was that long. It was a while. It was a while. I had stopped seeing you there because so we got pretty <laughs> close before you went out there. Yeah, we were in the triangle. Shouts out, Anna. Yeah. She told me oh. to tell you. Yeah, yeah, she she messaged me whenever I said we were doing this. She was like, I can come and talk about like deconstructing plants and coffee. <laughs> I would love that. And I was like. I don't know anything about those, so yeah. We should get the triangle on sometime. That would be fun. You gotta hopefully get a third my, Hopefully mic. my phone, oh no, I got it, dude. Okay, can, all right. I can do that. You think your phone can yeah. handle three people? Dude, I'm gonna have to figure out a different <laughs> situation for that. It's so flustering. It's all right. It's okay. It is what it is. Yeah. So you liked it up there. So uh, when I first got up there, I was absolutely miserable because I was so lonely. Yeah, you didn't know anybody. No, I didn't know anybody. Yeah. Then I met. Then you guys came up, and I met Grant. And yeah. Grant, shouts out to to Mr. Miller. Uh, <laughs> getting married soon. Love that for him. Good guy. Dude. Yeah. Introduced him to his soon to be wife. No you big did deal. not. What? Me That's and Sarah. Cool. Me and Sarah were like, maybe you should date this girl, and it wasn't his his soon to be wife. And he was like. No, <laughs> yeah, that's how Grant is though. He's not sure of anything. Yeah, you're right. But then he was like, oh, "I think I like this girl," and I was like, "You should, you should, you should date her. She's date. she's awesome. Yeah. She's way out of your league, bro. Like, you should go for it. Good luck. Let's see what happens." Yeah, that was honestly my approach, but it worked out pretty well and, for and him. It yeah, it's, yeah, it's gone pretty well. He's he's such a cool guy. Yeah, he's, so I, can't I do speak I do miss him. About him. Yeah, yeah, me too. I got to see him soon. He has family here too. Yeah, he I saw his mom. I never see him. Well, I think they're in Fort Worth. Uh, yeah. So it's like, you know, it's a little bit out of the way. But. Oh, yeah. I, I've been up there plenty of times and forgot to call him. <laughs> I totally get it. I, the only time I go up there now is to see Sarah's family. Uh, but uh, like. Is that it, where y'all met? Yeah. Okay. We met at this church in Oklahoma. And I worked with her parents for like two years. Her parents are pastors. Uh, one of them is, and the other one is like the tech director. Okay. Like he does IT and everything. Really um, cool guy. Sharp dude. Super smart. So you're up there and you're doing worship. Yeah. You're doing the ministry. You're in it. Right. Is this where the the cracks start to come in? or is this- Well, <laughs> it's hard because it's like for you, you me. Don't know one moment. Yeah. Because like I said, I'm like a hundred percent in one direction most mm. of the time. Yep. And I don't know it, but like there's parts of that percentage that have gone somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And then I don't know it until I'm at like, whoa, I'm actually at like 40% in this direction. Where's my 60 at? And I look yeah. over there and it's all over there. And I'm like, well, better never. Just you know? go all the way over there. Yeah. yeah. So, which is what it is. Get really but, into hobbies. <laughs> yeah, honestly, yeah. I, I really do. <laughs> But uh, it's probably ADHD. Yeah. But I, I can't. I can't afford to have that ADHD <laughs> test tell me that I can't pay attention well. What are you gonna do? Take a pill? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Honestly. Yeah. Just, I'm gonna just, lose my spark. Just keep having. Ho- <laughs> just keep having hobbies. <laughs> I could either take a pill and not have hobbies, or uh, yeah, honestly, yeah, I'm just gonna keep having crazy. I just, I, it's ADHD is is part of my charm. Yeah, you know? I like I'm it. Like, so I don't want, I don't want people to not like me anymore. It's a, it's a little swiggy swooty. You know? I just need someone to like me. Please like me. Please like me. Please. <laughs> So I'm in Oklahoma. Yeah. I'm I'm lonely as hell. Mm-hmm. And then one of my friends who I worked at with CFNI comes and joins the staff of the church. Boom. I have a friend and I'm not lonely Very anymore. Cool. And, and now Grant had just moved back from Nebraska. So it's like. Yeah, he went to Nebraska for a little bit. Yeah. He was like, oh, no, we're really going to write songs in this basement. Yeah. <laughs> and then he came back. It was great. He started playing at Victory. Nice. Um, 
then uh, at this point is whenever I, I'm, a, I'm the music director mm-hmm. for the church. And so I'm doing that and I'm the worship leader for a youth group. And pretty pretty normal. Uh, pretty when I, whenever I got there, I had like seventeen jobs. You know how how it goes. Mm-hmm. But then, like after over time, they're like, "All right, so this isn't this yeah. doesn't work. This doesn't work. Like, let's, yeah. just, let's just do these two things." Yeah. So I was the music director and the youth worship pastor or leader. I don't say pastor because I never had that. You title. never got the pastor title. No, I never got it. There. Not even at the other one. I got it at the other okay. one. I got it at I got it at uh, the next church, okay. <laughs> the really, one after this one. It really helps my naming of this video. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. I get it. No, 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 that's good. That's good. <laughs> And I, uh, uh, what was I? Oh, okay. So I'm music director. And at this point I have already started to deconstruct some ideas, but I didn't know that that's what it was called Yeah, because deconstruction as a, like a philosophy had for Christian philosophy hadn't arisen in 2016. No, we were still, we were still in, uh, we were still in, um, uh, <laughs> Calvinist stage, right? We were was, still we're still in the Theo bro stage, yeah. Which everybody got there first. Yeet, yeah, you know, you got to get really into it. Oh first. god, bro, I was so into Mark, Mark Driscoll. Driscoll. Uh, yeah. Did you watch the Rise and Fall of Marcel? Oh my god, it was amazing. Oh, I to it. It, was it was astronomical. What a good podcast. Oh my god, yeah. everybody go and listen to it right now, please. Yeah, don't listen to this one. Yeah, stop. This right one's now. like comparable, I guess. Yeah, well, no, it had some stages. The Rise and Fall of Josh Williams. <laughs> The Fallen Rise. <laughs> the Fallen Rise. Um, there, the Rising of Josh Weems. Yeah. yeah that like sounds that. like... That's better. Th- yeah, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Um, what was I saying? Oh, Oklahoma. Yeah. So... You were there for five years. Yeah, four or five years, something like that. I can't remember. You really learn a city and a place there. I didn't, but yeah, <laughs> I'm sure people do. <laughs> I didn't go anywhere. I didn't do anything. Yeah, you're just around. Yeah, so I just like went to church and I went home. I went to the movies and, uh, you know, just kind of like hung out with my friend. <laughs> and and, and you know started dating Sarah and we got married it was awesome but at Victory and, Am- and Amarillo they they were both called Victory Church the one in Amarillo and the one in Oklahoma City oh, wow. so not affiliated just two guys just, in the just, 90s that had the same idea is, Victory is the one yeah, yeah. there it is and the the thing at the Oklahoma City Church is I learned a lot because there there was like a lot of unresolved tension in the staff uh, between like ideologies. Mm. So there were some people who were up above in the food chain that had specific ideologies about worship and the execution of music itself Mm -hmm. that was not shared by people that were at like the music level of doing things. So the communication was really difficult mm. and it like really wore me down personally. Yeah. So probably for the you last- You felt like you were going to get in a fight. Yeah. I, well, I always felt like I was losing a fight. Yeah. Because, I mean, you know, I'm just a little music director yeah. in the corner, you know? So I, uh, it really affected me and I just became really depressed and cynical. You're already burned out from the yeah, last position. I was, I was like- I should have, and Sarah told me this a lot, but I should have quit like a year before, but I didn't. And I just had like- a job. What, what else? Yeah, I know. That, that was my whole thing. I was yeah. like, I can't do anything else. Like, this is all I know how to do. Yeah. <laughs> that was a lie. <laughs> <laughs> but that's a lie that I would say most people who are in ministry, that's what they tell themselves. And that's why they can't leave. Mm. That's I have a friend who I've talked to about 
deconstruction before. And he said that he doesn't want to ask himself those questions. He doesn't want to go too deep down that hole because he, his whole life is wrapped up in that. Mm. And he's worried about what would happen. Yeah. He doesn't want to deal with that. Absolutely. And that's totally fine. It's hard. I can't imagine. Nobody my... deconstructs because they want to. No, exactly. <laughs> that's true. No one's like, it's about time. Yeah. No. <laughs> but it's, well, if you ask Matt true. Chandler, people are only doing it because it's sexy. Yeah. Well, it's becoming <laughs> popular. Right yeah. Or maybe we're just all kind of feeling it. Or like we're seeing the crack. That's happening in everything. Politics, like life, where everybody's just seeing the cracks in certain systems. Well, it's really easy whenever the system fucking sucks. It is <laughs> bonkers, dude. <laughs> it is. It is. I worked in politics in 2020. Yeah. I've said this a lot. That was the worst year to work. In I don't know why you chose that. You know, I'm crazy. I'm a wild and crazy guy. I was like, I was trying to stand up for something and it just was not. It was not. Mm, yeah. Because who are you supporting? The assholes on this side or the assholes on that side? It's true. They're we should make, just. They're both making money off of. It, yeah, everything. Anyway. Oh, that's a different podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll, yeah, talk, yeah, we'll yeah. talk about that later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe next week. Yeah. So so you quit that job and you're like, I'm. I didn't quit that job. I got fired from oh, that one too. From that one? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, just, just because of the worship? Literally. Um, Debate. The, the campus pastor was essentially like, um, you're not happy here and you should go. Wow. Basically. He said it in a lot more words because Christian. Yeah. So but an hour and a half and then you're like, I think this guy likes me. <laughs> and then at the end he's like, oh, by the way, uh, uh, you're, you're two weeks. Yeah. You're, like, you're mad, but you're but, also uh, like, yeah, it's fine. But they gave me, they gave me like three months. Cool. Find a new job. Yeah. And, uh, well, I asked for three months. They were like, you can find a job in two months, right? And I was like, no, I don't know. I've never had to like find a job like this before. So, uh, yeah. so they were like, okay, uh, three months. I was like, okay, yeah, that sounds fine. Yeah. So I went home, I cried. Because I thought that my like destiny was over. Because that was my number one thing. I was always so wrapped up in that. And I still catch myself in it. Because it was so big. Yeah. Especially for people like us that were going to youth camp yeah. and like involved in church. They're like, this is your destiny is to like serve the Lord and be on yeah. ministry, worship. Like all this shit, you right? You had an up- upward trajectory from yeah. there. It was bad. This was the big victory church that you were in. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That makes a lot more sense now. Yeah. That's why it was like so disheartening because it was like, this was like, it was a big were, church. They were up next. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, after that, I was just scrambling and spiraling, trying to find another church, trying to find another job. And I'm not going to mention this church's name because I will get in trouble Fair for enough. the things I have to say about them. <laughs> um, get them, dude. I mean, it's a lot easier now to talk about things because I don't feel, like I said, like I don't feel angry necessarily about the stuff that happened because it's already happened. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it's still painful because I'm a human. Yeah. And it was, it was reality. So I leave... Oklahoma City with my wife and we move to West Texas. Worst thing that you could do Love ever. Love West Texas. Oil, baby. Oil. Oil. And and coyotes. Yeah. Uh, and like, we... Lubbock will be fine. Yeah. It won't. <laughs> I thought it would be. <laughs> but we moved there and it's like in the interview process, I am blind. I just, I'm like, all right, they want to hire me. Like, I'm going to take this job. If they offer me this job, I'm going to take it. Like, blah, blah, blah. Sarah is like, this is not a good idea, maybe. Like, yeah. this is probably not great. At one point, she was like super stressed out yeah. about it because 
surprise, her husband was just like gonna move her to a whole new like yeah. place that she didn't know about. She had never been to before. Tiny. Right. Yeah. She didn't have any family there, no friends. And I was just like, well, we're moving. And yeah. uh, it was real, real dickhead moving yeah. me. Uh, yeah, yeah, kind it of happens. Yeah. yeah. I was just like, I was lost, man. And I was very much wrapped up in um, like the, the propaganda of destiny and what I was supposed to be doing with my life. Sure. And then on top of all of that, there is like the the house, the order of the house, like theology yeah. that Sarah was trying to follow where it's like, well, Josh is the husband. He makes yeah, the decisions he, and he does these things. He has the final say in things. Do not give me final say on things. Like, <laughs> it's a bad idea, dude. Dude, it's so true. It's I. I, I don't. I, I sat. I sat in front of. I sat in front of people in Bible school because even my whole life, I've been raised by like really strong women. Mm-hmm. Um, so I never saw. I never saw the like man is the head of the house. Right. Kind of shit. We keep like, sliding down. Yeah, it, it's it's a good chair. <laughs> I like it. It's comfy. Uh, I, I never saw that and it was never for me. Um, and I remember telling people that cause it wasn't like, it wasn't super pushed in like the church, uh-huh. uh, thing that I did. It was hella pushed at the first church I was at. Yeah. Sagu for some reason. And like the AG wasn't like super, I mean, it's probably because it's like a, it's just a bad ideology. Yeah. It, it doesn't make <laughs> a ton of sense. And I remember talking to like two, two women and we were all just, we were just, it was, we were all, you know, 18, 19 uh-huh. years old. And I was like, yeah, I don't know if I think that. I think if, you know, my wife is better than me at some things, she can you know, have say in that if I am better than her. And that's how it should be. And they were like, no, well, I think it should be like, uh, and I was like, like 50 50 is fine. I don't really care. It could be 60 40. I don't she, care. When she goes like, the, they go like, I think 70 30 is good. I'm happy with 70 30. Like 70 man, me get 30. And I was like, how are you quantifying that? I don't know. I- um, This is my 30. This is my. That's actually what happens in the house. She, yeah. the husband's like, I don't know if I like these curtains, yeah, and she's like, like, this, this is, is my thirty. My thirty. This is mine. But this is these 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 women were basically just like we uh, we like this. We like uh, not do that. Well, was uh, it shutting down. Well, I have it auto set. Oh. Uh, we like not being not not having the say. Right. That's interesting. Yeah. Uh, Why. You've been taught that. Yeah. Well, I mean, they have been. So my wife is incredible. She's indescribable. Like she's super intelligent. She's tenacious. She's got huge aspirations. Yeah. She just opened a coffee shop because she wanted to. Like shouts out, shouts out, shouts out. out. Dragonfly Coffee House, Carrollton, Texas. Come Come by. Through. It looks awesome. It's great. It looks like a really cool spot. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. But uh So you move her. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, wife, let's fucking go. Yeah. And so we moved to to Lubbock. The first house we move into is the house from hell. It's absolutely completely supported, built, painted, and everything on roaches. Oh <laughs> we, <laughs> we we move our stuff in. Yeah. And we're in the house. We're like, oh, there's like a couple of roaches in the corner. Whatever, no big deal. Yeah. There's some in the fridge. Oh, that's kind of weird. That's Not weird. no big How deal. Are they in there? Yeah. And we get back, and they're everywhere. Oh my god! Literally, they're on the carpet. You could like couldn't see the carpet. It was just like crawling carpet. Just, just it was roaches. on up the walls, flying around. It was horrible. So we broke that lease. Like yeah. y'all, you gotta y'all y'all insane. Yeah. <laughs> we gotta be done with that. Move into another house. It's not good. <laughs> no central AC. Yeah. Power's horrible. Oof. Yeah. West Texas with no central heating. That's and air. not good. Yeah. And the church was, how was everything at the church? Uh, you know, not great. <laughs> not great. Not great. Smaller uh, church. Yeah. It was, a. Uh, 
probably like 500 people a weekend. Okay, were they the cool church in town or were they like... I think they wanted to be. Oh, okay. I think they wanted to be. Um, so there's that. Yeah, that's an interesting, that's and, an interesting dilemma. Yeah, it was an interesting dilemma because they're assholes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it's not going great. Yeah. Like I'm trying to do what they've asked me to do, which was like create a, a new worship culture and like do these things. And I... I would like to say that I know what I'm doing mm-hmm. at this point. Like I understand how I, I know there's people that are listening be, or maybe listening or not. I don't know. That'll, that'll be like this, this, this guy probably is a dumbass and did like every changed everything in like one week. And that's not true. It's not what I did. I was like, I dilated it. Like it was really drawn out. There yeah. was very like specific things and conversations that were had. Uh, with different team members to help like grow and like push these things and sure and this stuff, and it felt like the the senior staff it was just they they just they liked it in front of everyone else and then they hated it when they talked to me. It was oh, very confusing. No, that is weird. And I was like, oh okay, all right, okay, all right, all right. And then we go to a women's conference about a month into me and Sarah being there. Mm-hmm. So at this point. No one's really reached out to us. Nobody's like, let's go get coffee. Like, or here's some food that we brought, you know, that kind of stuff. Like I would think people would have done. Mm -hmm. They didn't. And the only people that have met with us are people that I've been like, oh, let's go get lunch, Mm -hmm. you know, to them. And nobody's really talked to Sarah. Like no one's really like reached out to Sarah or or anything like that. So we go to this women's conference and we don't really know anybody there. So we're both on the worship team and we're both doing this stuff. And she and I, like the first night, whenever all the sessions are over and everything, we just like went to the concession place that was there. Cause that like a hotel, mm-hmm. we got some pizza and we were eating and hanging out. And then the next day we planned on going to lunch together during the, during the segment and, or not the segment during, during lunch. And, um, I get a text from one of the other pastors and they're like, Hey, uh, we're going to lunch at like 1145, you know, you can just meet us out front. And I text him back. I was like, Hey, you know, s- uh, thanks for the offer, but I'm actually going to be going to lunch with Sarah. Um, you know, don't worry about it. We'll take the van, you know, kind of deal. He sent me this book of a text message saying that like, well, we're actually not supposed to like even see our wives on this conference. Like we're not supposed to hang out with them. We're not supposed to see them. They're supposed to be here spending time with other women, blah, blah, blah. Like, like so much stuff. And I was just like, oh. So she didn't have a say in what she was supposed to be doing. No, she didn't. It was didn't. your choice to, to yeah. leave her alone. That's ridiculous. Correct, correct. Yeah. And then on top of that, nobody like reached out to her. Cause that guy was also married and his wife was there. Yeah. So he could have been like, Hey, can you reach out to this? Can you reach out to Sarah and be like, take her to lunch or something with you guys? Like, so Sarah just stayed at the hotel. What difference does it make? I couldn't tell you. This place was such an, like an insular community, like is bad. Anyway. I mean, I want to kind of dive more into where you are at this point. So Uh you, you were, when, when you start struggling with like the emotions of, Mm -hmm. I don't know if I believe this. You were working as a, as a pastor. Yeah, I was. Um, and there was a lot of things that Sarah and I would talk about that I was like, yeah, I definitely don't agree like with, and, and she was, I'm very lucky because she was right there ahead of me okay. on most things. Like she was one step ahead of yeah. me on like, that's a, that's a toxic idea and you yeah. should let it go. You know, yeah. that kind of deal. 
which was great for me uh, because then I didn't feel like anything I felt or thought was radical. No, she facilitated it right. in a good way. Like something very specific around the time because we had a, we had two friends that were getting married mm. and they're they're gay. Yeah. Uh, and this was when we were in Lubbock. Um, and I was we we had already like kind of talked about it, but we were both like at that point we were both like yeah, being gay is like not a problem. Like yeah. it's not this is not like anti Christian or yeah, like which anti- is crazy that yeah, yeah still conversation I'm, in Christian. Just thought. wait. Uh, there's this great story <laughs> about the Mormon Church in the '70s and the parallels between Mormonism and evangelicalism is is almost exact. <laughs> Whenever it comes to like manipulation, indoctrination, and like all the other Asians out yeah, all there. The, all the Asians, all the nations. They're, they're just like, they're almost a, they're, they're a reflection of each other almost. But uh, there's this hilarious story of the prophet who's like the leader of mm-hmm. the Mormon church. Yeah. In the seventies, Jimmy Carter was like, hey, um, anybody who is still upholding segregation or like practicing any kind of like policy that is racist, they will be losing any uh, tax-free status, they'll be losing any kind of aid, they'll be losing anything like that. And wouldn't you know it, a week later, the prophet got a revelation from God that black people should be led into the Mormon church. Isn't that <laughs> they, insane? They changed their tune once it affected True. their pocketbooks. Yeah, and I'm telling you, as soon as that happens, as soon as whatever president or whoever, which maybe it won't now since culture wars are so deep. It's Yeah, I don't know if it could. I, I don't know. I think it would it would be another thing that they could just fight because they feel too oppressed. It's certainly possible. Oppression However, is not that real in evangelicalism. It's they think it's, it's absolutely like, absent. Yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah it's, it's, it's that it's that that meme of that kid who has the like it, it's the boot on his head yeah. and he's holding it yeah. and then zoom out and he's holding. It. Yep, it's so, exactly that. So you're you're experiencing these feelings mm-hmm. uh, and it's your job and you're right. And I'm like, no. In my head, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna stay here for like a year. We're going to honor, you know, being here because mm-hmm. I was really into honor culture at the time, which I think is incredibly toxic and horrible. Sure. And just the worst idea, honestly. Yeah. So me and Sarah were like, yeah, we're going to be here for a year. It'll be okay. So we get back from the worship conference. Mm-hmm. I get pulled into a meeting with the senior pastor and his wife. Oh, good. And they're like, we think that you and Sarah are just too codependent and like y'all's marriage is unhealthy. I love that. I love how they they decided that. And I was like, have you ever like even talked to us outside of our interview? Yeah. Like, what the fuck are you saying? And yeah. in my head though, because I'm conditioned, I'm like, oh my God, they're right. Like I need to go and like take this before God and figure out like what to do here. Cause like I'm the husband, like, mm. this is all on me. Yeah. <laughs> and I go home to Sarah and I'm like, Sarah, like this is, this is what um, the pastor and his wife just told me. And she was like, okay, all right, okay. And then I could like see her getting mad and I was like, wait a minute. You're I'm, right. I'm mad about this. this you're right. You yeah. Know? And so we were both really mad together. It was, it was a really good you can funnel through someone who like yeah. actually was grounded in the situation. It, it was a really good feeling because yeah. we were very, it felt like we were very disconnected. Yeah. Uh, even, even, even a little bit after that point. But like at that point, it felt like we really connected. Yeah. On like, this place is bad. <laughs> she, she had been knowing. Yeah. But I was like, good no, her it'll be fine. Letting you work through it though. <laughs> she shouldn't. <laughs> but I don't think she. Uh, I mean, now she wouldn't. <laughs> she wouldn't let me do that. So, did you quit this place or did it? 
No, I'll get there. Oh, okay. So then I had that meeting. Then a couple weeks later, I had another meeting with the senior pastor who just walked into my office and was like, I just want you to know. That's how he talks. Yeah. I just want you to know, uh, you know, we're worried about Sarah. <laughs> no. You know, the, everything she's going through with the family and stuff. And I was like, okay, like, I don't know what you're talking about. Who is this guy? Is he? uh, he's the worst. That's who he is. <laughs> uh, and he uh, tells me all this stuff. I go home and I tell Sarah, I'm like, hey, uh, huh? What the, what the? And Sarah was like, okay, I'm, uh, okay. I'm going to talk to the senior pastor's wife tonight. She's the woman who like runs everything. Mm-hmm. And he's just kind of like the guy who bumbles around on the stage, sure. you know, every weekend. And Wednesday. Uh-huh. And um, so Sarah goes to this women's meeting and then talks to, to the uh, wife after. And she tells her that like, you know, for a long time she had really severe anxiety and, you know, after counseling and therapy and these things, she's, she's feels like she's on top of it. She's doing a lot better, blah, blah, blah. Like just telling her yeah. like her, her story. Literally like the next day, Probably not the next day, but like within the week, I'm essentially told Sarah has to be serving less because of like emotional turmoil or something. And I was like, start. I was like, okay, I guess. I mean, I don't really understand like what you mean. Try to get clarity, and there was just none to be had because it was they were making shit up as they were going. This is a toxic, toxic environment. Yeah. Okay. And uh, I'm sure if you ask them any of these questions, though, they would give you a different story. Yeah, they give you yeah. a different story because they have to make something up because they're well, the they're the heroes of their own story. But so. you're you're also the <laughs> in their eyes, you're the failure. Like you you left and you became not a Christian anymore. Like you you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so you lost in this story. So to yeah, them, they true. made the right call. Well, I just uh, but you like know. to society. Yeah, <laughs> it's but probably like, not. But to reality, yeah, to uh, reality. <laughs> And then this was the the last ambush meeting I had, or the second to last ambush meeting I had before Thanksgiving. And they were like, you and Siren just need to figure out if this is uh, just where you want to be or not. And I was like- I just keep picturing like, uh, what's that chicken? <laughs> I don't know. Looney Tunes, the big- uh, The big chicken rooster cogman? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, that's the guy from True Grit. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, it just reminds me of a cartoon character whenever you yeah. do that voice. Well, that's what he sounds like. So <laughs> he is a cartoon character. And uh, I I was like, okay, well, I don't want to be here. So yeah. <laughs> there's that. And I didn't say that though, because you know, I'd been yeah. traumatized from fellowship of being like telling them the truth this, and then being had been fired like immediately. A year in or at, 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 this, at this church, yeah. this is three months. Wow. So it just started happening really quickly. Yeah. Um <clears throat> and then Sarah and I went back to Oklahoma for Thanksgiving. We talk. We're like, okay, we're just going to like super like do our best. We're going to do what they ask us to do. We're going to be here for a year and then we're going to get the hell out of here. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like, but we don't want to just like leave because, you know, we were renting a house and yeah. we had a, the, well, we didn't have a dog anymore. <laughs> we gave it to my parents. But like, yeah, you, had, you had responsibilities. You had, right, you right, right. Sowed seed. Yeah, place. yeah. And I didn't want like a four month church on my resume. Yeah. So we get back and we're doing everything we can and I am doing everything I'm told uh, and doing my best and talking and like being up and, you know, like doing my best, right? Yeah. And so is Sarah. She's like, she's she's dying though. Yeah. She, yeah. Inside, she's like, she's absolutely miserable and she hates it. Yeah. And, which makes sense because it was not a good time. And I uh, 
put together this this horrible Christmas service for them. And I say horrible because it was 99% their idea. <laughs> <laughs> and then all my shoulders to execute it. Yeah. So put this together. Wednesday night of the last one, the senior pastor's like, I quit talk to you in my office real quick. I was like, oh, God, I guess. You got this accident. I can't, I can't take it <laughs> Okay, seriously. I won't do it anymore. I won't do it anymore. <laughs> but he, I go into his office and his wife's in there. And I'm like, okay. And they close the door and I'm like, oh, God. And he tells me, he's like, he's mad. Like, he's livid. And I'm wow. like, oh, what the hell are you mad about, dude? Like, God, relax. You're going to blow a gasket or your prostate. Who knows? <laughs> and he then, like, proceeds to kind of, like, try to tell me off and like he's just like berating me with stuff and then he's is just he yelling or is he yeah he's like yelling verbally like yelling at you yeah he's like raised voice not like okay. screaming yeah but you could tell it's like an intensity right he's like super mad for Wh- some reason what is he mad about honestly i really can't remember because it was all like so it was just like such an intense moment i re- i recorded it jarring um, I recorded it and I had it in my in my voice memo, but it, it's long gone now. Ooh, that's <laughs> illegal. I'm glad you've deleted that. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> if you uh, fuck around, you find out. You know, <laughs> find out. Uh, but uh, I don't but, think it's illegal in Texas. Now I think about it. Anyway, keep going. Yeah, anyways. I'll cut that part out. <laughs> <laughs> so um, he uh, he's just yelling at me, yeah. berating me, and I'm not sure why. And uh, and then like around the end of it, he's like. Um, you know, we just, uh, we can't have like you and Sarah on staff anymore. Something like that. And I was like, well, first of all, you never let Sarah be on staff Yeah. (laughs) because they, we asked about it. We were like, could Sarah come on staff too? And like, you know, maybe just like part time or anything like that. And they were like, absolutely fucking not. (laughs) (laughs) So we were both like, oh, okay, I guess. Uh, yeah. So they fired me and, and her and any cause they, not really, no. They were just like, nope, this we don't is like not for you. for us, yeah. Yeah. And uh, it was it was fine because I fucking hated them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, they- Did they give they, you a severance or anything? No. Really? Yeah. This was one week before Christmas. Oh my gosh. And that next week, everybody was going to be off. Yeah. So this is, Christmas was on a Wednesday that year. So this is Wednesday like the 17th or something. And then that next week, everybody was going to be off for like the whole week, right? Yeah. So they said, we'll give you your last paycheck. And I was like, you mean the paycheck that I've already worked for? Like that's not a severance. Then they had the audacity um, to make Sarah and I stay whenever I had to clean out my office. The next morning, they made me clean out my office the next morning and they had the audacity to pray for us. Oof. Yeah. That, and I how just, was that? I just stared. I didn't say anything. I didn't do anything. I just stared at them. They just like, God, just help him. Yeah. Essentially, they were like, Lord, we just know that you have a plan. Yeah. In this and, turmoil, we just threw you into. Yeah. And so panicked, full panicked. Yeah. That's scary. Um, you lost your job. Yeah. In a different city. Yeah. We put all of our stuff in storage and we moved back to Oklahoma City to live with Sarah's parents. And we were there for about a month, and then we moved to Dallas mm. in February of 2020. Okay. So we're here. Right before COVID. Right before yeah. COVID, that's right. So we're here, and we start going to another church, a super spirit-filled uh, church that we thought was like, that's the church. If there's yeah, any church- you do that. Yeah, if there's any church that's doing it right, it's, it's this specific right. church, yeah. right? So 2020 happens, 
and we are still being a part. What are you doing for work at this point? Uh, oh, I started working um, at uh, a home service company. I was just basically like a telemarketer. Oh, cool. <laughs> cool. So I, uh, I was doing that, and um, then we were going to this church, but then we went to online because, you know, yeah. everyone shut down. And we were really confused at the response of most of the churches in America. We were really disheartened by that. Yeah. That was... Yeah. I, I think it was bad They for had a really good opportunity to like do really good things for people. Right. It could have been opening up testing sites and right. like all of these facilities that they had. That or they like use. using that tax-free income to be purchasing meals or like helping people giving it back to people yeah. selling yeah it, it that one really messed with me i think that 2020 i was already gone by that point though i right i <laughs> i was like i not, was still holding on yeah i was holding on i was white knuckling because i was saying this one church i know it's doing it right i know it's doing it right because i know people there sure and i i just i know it i just know that this is how church is supposed to be right and then you saw what happened with so, so 2020 happens and this church was one of the first ones to shut down. Yeah. And I was like, Oh wow. Like they really care about their, yeah. their people and their community. And then I'm watching everything else happen and I'm watching everything else unfold. And I really start to become a leftist. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Yeah, yeah. And, um, uh, but I, I mean, 2020 was a very, it was a tumultuous year. Yeah. It, it was, it, it was hard. It was, I mean, it was, it was big for a lot of people for a lot of reasons. Back to back to back. We're still dealing with the trauma from that. And you're right. You're right. It's going to happen every four years, man. Uh, you think so? We're not, we're done with eight. We're done with two term presidents. Yeah. We're, we're ultra left, ultra right, ultra left, uh, ultra right. Joe Biden every four is years. hardly ultra left. No, I'm saying like from here on in. Oh, okay. Like, like, because, well, that's fine Because this is the experiment. Uh, oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. I've just noticed it. Like this is, it's, it's just kind of, you have to get more extreme. So it's going to go super one way, then super the other way, then super. And then it'll eventually even out when like. Yeah. When everyone's dead. Well, (laughs) I think it's when people calm down. After the nuclear holocaust and the the cold winter and the sun is burned out. And then the new people will learn a a language and then they'll be able to communicate ideas. (laughs) And and that's how it restarts. That's how every it'll time. go. That's yeah. how it restarts Literally. every time. The, it's the, the matrix yeah. once again. We're just at the end of the cycle. And so that's where it starts affecting you. Is you're just watching how churches. Yeah, I'm watching how churches are responding to, um, you know, the seventeenth once in a generation traumatic uh, worldwide event yeah. <laughs> happening, and it's really bad. Yeah. Um, overall, the church is absolutely failing in every single predicted way sure um and people that have been critiquing the church uh, like like rachel held evans yeah or even i mean loosely michael gunger yeah um or science mike like these people that were already in a space that was like post church Mm -hmm. that were critiquing the church all of it came to fruition all of it came to the surface and people were like wait a minute like you were talking about this five years ago, and now I'm literally watching something like it happen. Yeah, this is insane. Like maybe there's something more to this. So, you know, people start doing their own stuff, and then uh, churches start opening back up. You know, it's it's summertime ish. Yeah, <clears throat> summertime, baby. <laughs> Yay, the beaches. Yeah, we're gonna put you guys six feet away from each other. <laughs> right. So, I, I go back to the church. Um, at this point, Sarah is much further in her deconstruction than sure. I am. 
She's not telling me that though. Oh wow. She's like kind of telling, like we're having deeper and deeper conversations and <clears throat> she'll say something and I'll be like, oh, I don't know, man. Like, yeah. yeah. I don't know <laughs> how know? I feel about that. I don't know how I feel about that. You know, <laughs> you just go into that like, voice. <laughs> Like she would say something yeah. like, uh, oh, one time she was like, oh, I don't know if like, I don't know if, uh, if Jesus coming back to life is necessarily like a linchpin for me. Ooh, that's a hard one. And I was you. like, oh, I don't know about that. Girl. Yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> I don't know about that, honey. <laughs> and I didn't. Um, no, I know it's probably just, it's, just, it's, just, it's all just know. like fucking not true. But anyway, wow. <laughs> the, Depends. the, the, like the whole thing really like came to the surface for me because I kept holding on to like one thing. So I kept moving my goalpost sure. for what my version of religion or Christianity was. Yeah. So it was like, it's, it's like the whole church and yeah. it's like, okay, well it's not, it's not like mega churches. Yeah. Okay. So it's not mega churches. So I'll do a smaller church. And it's like, okay, well it's, it's not that kind of, it's not that kind of smaller church. church. And it's like, okay, well I'm going to focus on this. Cause I think it's like this. And then it's like, well, Okay, and so we start going back to the services, and in one of the services during worship, which is like very long at this church, mm-hmm. um, it uh, somebody comes up on stage and they start talking about like Trump, and I was like, "Yeah, we should pray for the president. Like that's important." Yeah, and I was like, "It's kind of strange, but yeah. like I understand. Like conceptually, super, it makes yeah, sense. Super big into honor culture. This is the guy that was elected. Yeah. They want to like." honor that and he's the dude making the decisions like sure. whatever right and then the next week they had some random congresswoman come in and speak oh that's not good no and she kept bragging that she was the only congresswoman in texas that mike pence endorsed that's not good and i was like mike that's not michael just just in michael general, michael pensival <laughs> Those two things should be so separated. Like ever since Ronald Reagan started doing that, mm-hmm. it seems like it became par for the course for like the intersection between religion and church and well, that's because uh, religion and, and, and uh, politics. Yeah, because the church is a powerful force. Yeah, but also it's you know it's because of money. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. It's a, I mean it's 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 easy it's so much easier. I mean, every time someone is like a pastor, mm-hmm. they usually win when they run for something. Yeah. They well, have they have show. a pretty large community base and that's just, it's just so gnarly uh, to it's see pretty that bad. and to see how, how much um, evangelicalism has d- dug in on principles where I don't even know. I mean, I get, I get where it started. Mm-hmm. I, I understand it. I get like, like you start off well, logically. With, you can trace it. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. You start off with the, you start off with the abortion debate. Right. And you go, okay, well, obviously I, you know, I believe this. So then I'm going to just like do the one side that is doing this and like, don't think about any nuance because why would there be nuance in anything? In in evangelicalism, it's boiled down more and more and more and more until it's no longer, there is no such nuance existing. There's no gray. It's all black and white, which is, yeah, it's, it's not good. Uh, it's not good in like any sense of a person. Which I, I, I've been I've been finding that to be really interesting because like a book that really really requests a lot of nuance, right? Is the guide for people who 
don't like nuance whatsoever. Yeah, you're, you're right. It's a fascinating duality that exists. I mean, and the only way that I can I can reconcile with it is the fact that it's it's super cultural. It's super. We're mm-hmm. just we're just in a really weird state. Although. I also don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, we've been in this really the weird crusades. state for. The- yeah, well, it's uh, so. There's there's an interesting philosophical idea that's the violence isn't like a physical action. Violence is the removal of choice. Hmm. So, um, in this aspect, violence has evolved over the centuries, right? So, the church and religion. In general, not just the church. I don't. People think I'm just picking on Christianity, yeah. even though it's just such an easy target. <laughs> well, uh, you just know more about it. Yeah, I mean, it's my. It was my yeah. world. So, uh, but like religion in general has almost always used violence to perpetuate its ideas. So, if you think of violence like in a physical form, then you do think of Spanish Inquisition. You think mm-hmm. of Crusades. Yeah. But when you think of violence as a way of removal of choice, you think of indoctrination, mm-hmm. or you think of emotional manipulation. Yeah. So it's still violent. It's still removing people's choice. Um, it's just now they don't do it with a sword; they they do it with a TV show. Where where would you say you ended up at the, at the end of this? Where where is your spectrum of like belief? Did you did you did you go like throw the baby out with the bathwater, or did you? Oh, uh, well, I, so I held on to I literally to the last second. I was I was holding on to yeah. stuff, and I was a part of uh, one of their. Uh, worship services because I was holding on to one more mm. thing. I was like, you know, music is still there. Yeah. Right. And then I went and I was a part of it and I was like, no, I got to let it go. Yeah. Like I got to. So I did. And, you know, uh, I started looking into, um, I, or at, at that point I had already been listening to a bunch of different thinkers and a bunch of different philosophies. Sure. But then I started looking into other people like Bart Ehrman. Yeah. Who is a, a professor at something something Chapel Hill, I don't know somewhere. Yeah. Anyway, fucking smart as hell. He's on it. He's, He's so guy. good. Yeah. And I started listening to him because he was an evangelical, and then he went through most of his life and just started becoming agnostic and atheist. So I would say that for me, um, that I would I have landed in like agnostic atheist, but agnostic. A lot of people. Think of it, it's like, it's like military, but it's like anti-theist, mm-hmm. but it's not. It's agnostic because I don't have a structured belief system. Mm. An atheist because I don't think that there is enough evidence or sufficient evidence is a better term, uh, sufficient evidence for a deity at mm. all. Because mm. I just, I don't, I haven't seen it. Like, yeah. I don't think so. Yeah, And... I don't think that most people that I know that are uh, agnostic or atheist or both, they uh, usually are just kind of like, yeah, I feel that way, you know. But they don't; they're not interested in other people feeling that way. Yeah, they're not interested in making other. They're not interested in making other people anybody to your thing, right? But I think with uh, deconstruction specifically happening in the Mormon Church. And the evangelical church, I think that there's a big danger for both of these groups that are built on evangelizing. Yeah. That that is starting to erode a little bit, and people are trying to be a little bit more 
intense about it and a little bit more because I find myself being evangelistic towards being an atheist or agnostic. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, so the readings of uh, the teachings of Karen Armstrong, I I read a lot of her books. She's brilliant. She used to be, have you, do you know, she, uh, she used to be a nun uh, and then she left and she, good for her. And now she writes like comparative religion books and wrote wrote a book about uh, it was called the War for God um, and it was a book about how conservatism uh, mm-hmm. within religion and um, fundamentalism within religion is going to be a problem in the years. Here we this are. This was pre nine eleven. Damn. So it was basically like you. She's see a it, prophet. <laughs> yeah. She's like you see it. You see it in uh, oh, churches. Sorry. You see it in like in religion religious spectrums. Um, it, it's it's gonna it's coming up and uh-huh. and that was before nine eleven, uh, but she has a book. Um, I wish I knew the name of this one. It was, it's it's one of the four gods. It's she has mm-hmm. like three of them, um, and they all kind of bleed together at some point. But yeah, well. um, a case for God. Sorry, that's oh, what it is. Nice. Um, it which I always say that and people go case for Christ and you're like no uh, no, 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 no. No, 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 don't don't read book. that, please. Uh, <laughs> or do just find find what works for you too. So I so I I, I read this book and I and I and I went. Um, the first line and said, um, a man, a man, when first, when first seeing that, which he could not understand, stand, called it God yeah. and saw these things that he could not understand. So he called it God. So he called it God. Yeah. But then that God was too big and too magnificent and could not be named. Mm-hmm. So man abandoned him, abandoned that God for lesser gods that they can understand and that they can define and that they can create. And these are the gods that we worship now. Yeah. And it was a fascinating concept. That because, is interesting. Yeah, it was a very interesting thing because you you have these really, really, really good definitions of God is this, God is that, God is this, God, and mm-hmm. and, and if it is as big as we think they say it is, right? You shouldn't be able to do that. You shouldn't be able to define a God. You shouldn't be able to like <laughs> do that. <laughs> yeah, I, and, and, I mean, kind of. The only problem is is that. God in that scenario yeah. is either completely apathetic sure. to humanity and the state of the universe. Very much could be, but there could also be just a thousand different versions of reality at the same time. So you have yeah, no true. idea. Well, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're not wrong. I mean, it's, it's one of those con- concepts. There's just not I, a I lot of evangelists it's like for either, multiverse. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's like the clockmaker theory or like did God just create it and just like leave it or did... I'm not... Yeah. Advocating for Christianity. I feel like you're advocating for clock making. (laughs) Yeah, for clock making. It's a good job. We need more of it. Honestly, Uh, guys, we need that in cobblers. I, I, I I just it was an interesting concept to me because I I started to realize this this whole thing was like never black or white. It was Mm -hmm. always just much bigger than we thought it was, and Mm -hmm. yeah, and and it's like holding things with an open hand. And I think what to me deconstruction was was me opening up my really really closed fist yeah and like everything was truth everything was black and white based you knew what was right and what was wrong and then you yeah. just went oh i don't and i won't oh <laughs> and that's cool i just kind of got to do my best here yeah <laughs> but i think somewhere along like these lines right here uh-huh. like where you're where you're like Opening, but you're not all. But you're not like showing anybody. Really mad and really, the other. You're just the same thing, but Mm. the other way. I think that, 
I think that it's it's really I mean anger is a really easy emotion for everyone to access. Sure. Because shouts out Facebook. Yeah, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> Rage is really easy. Yeah. Uh so I mean I know for me, like I said earlier, the things that frustrate me now it's not religion. It's abuse. Sure. So one of my favorite movies of all time is Spotlight. I've never seen it. Oh my God. Great movie. It's incredible. I got to watch it. It's then. about the Boston uh, Tribune. Tribune? I don't know. It's about a Boston newspaper that busted the Vatican scandal of Ooh. priests moving around even though they've been molesting children. That's so crazy. I, yeah. When I was, sorry, that was another thing. No, go ahead. <laughs> I, when I was like starting my deconstruction uh-huh. process, I was like, "Well, maybe it's just evangelicalism." Nope. Let me get into <laughs> let me get into like Catholicism, mm-hmm. and then I was like, "Oh wait, <laughs> oh wait a minute, maybe this one's yeah, worse." I can't, I can't do this one either. I think that I don't. I don't think that any abuse is. Uh, I don't think any religion or denomination has cornered the market on abuse. I think that any kind of organization that creates a hierarchy with a person of little to no accountability towards the top is going to have abuse inevitably. Sure. Um, and so, I mean, that's, we see that on a small scale all the time with cults. Yeah. Big time. Yeah. Which is, I mean, I, I think it's so, once you get to that point, once you push people to that, that level, they'll do anything for you. We've we've seen it on a massive scale, like Mm -hmm. January 6th. Yeah. And we're still like We've debating on, on whether scale. or not it's a bad thing. Nine eleven, exactly. Like <laughs> you're just seeing these things that are happening, and you you realize that mankind is capable of some pretty fucked up stuff. If yeah, you're, belief is is a powerful motivator. Yes, one hundred percent. And it's it's easier to re- not reconcile. Oh yeah, it's, it's easier to be like this is true one hundred percent, not reconcile. Like okay, well, then you don't have to you don't have to think about anything. Yeah, I mean, and like I said, it 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 goes the other way too. Like you, you're in between it. Mm-hmm. So when you go to when sometimes, like you were saying, we've just been so built on like really really believing what we're believing that like when you believe the other way, when you go super far to the left and you go super super in, like I was I was in that spot where I went all the way the other way. Oh, Sam. And then I was very like militaristic about that. You were anti-theist. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Anti, anti-theist. Anti, I was very, very much like, if you disagree with me, you're a racist. If you, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. He's like crazy beliefs now that but, like- But sometimes. Oh, uh, well. <laughs> yes and no, but I also like have to recognize that there's so much nuance in everything. Like if I'm pleading for nuance from the other side, Ooh. I have to plead for nuance from my team too. Yeah, that's true. It's really true. And that just doesn't- that. It's not easy for someone who has like been taught my our entire lives like you got to be really really one hundred percent or you know you mm-hmm. got to hate your brother compared to me you right gotta, like you got to you got to do that and it's not an easy thing to be like there's nuance even on the other end there's mm-hmm. nuance even to there's goodness even if you don't agree and there's things that are like okay right um, which is good I I like that you landed on I'm not going to try to talk anybody out of yeah what they believe. I do. I have a, a group message with a, a couple of friends, and one of them is still a Christian. I mean, he's a prog- progressive Christian, yeah, uh, but still a Christian. And you know, in those conversations, I'm not worried about. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not worried about nuance. Like, yeah, yeah. I am going like just this punch- is black and white. I feel like you're punching up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, because it's like it's a very it's it's a different kind of conversation. We have relationship. We've known each other for you know ten years. Yeah. Um, everybody in that group chat, we've all known each other for like a long time. So. Our conversations, um, they're 
they just there's a lot more there's so much history and there's so much that we've all gone through independently mm-hmm. that was so similar that there's a lot of room for each of us to have like our own entire opinions and completely disagree with the other person in the conversation or in an argument and it's not seen or held as like a negative thing or yeah. like this person's against me you know dude yeah i so i, I want to end on on a topic that i think is interesting with this is okay what because religion was like your life like you, was, we went through yeah. this whole story about how it's like part of your life what is life after religion for you what is what is that like what is that what's the point now <laughs> what's the point dude <laughs> no but what's 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 the what's the motivator now what's what's your barometer what are you where like what is that for you so i see, I see you. sorry before i get yeah, no go ahead I would imagine a lot of people who are dealing with these emotions are maybe experiencing similar levels of religious trauma sure. and are angry or yeah. they're scared of what oh, man. life it's, after religion is. It's like I said, I don't think anybody deconstructs because uh, they want to. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's a really good way to say that. Uh, most people do it because they they have to. Like They don't have another way yeah. um, to be a person anymore. And so I I, I know for me... Mm-hmm. Life on the other side of religion, um, I don't know what it is, yeah. but I do know how it feels. Okay. And how it feels is good. <laughs> it's, it's hard to describe because religion can, not always, religion can weigh you down with incredible guilt and shame. Yeah. Religion can make you feel like if you're not giving 40 hours a week for free to this nonprofit, then you're not doing enough. And for you, it did. Yeah. For you, everything you're saying, it did do that to you. Yeah. Um, Because, I mean, obviously, before I worked at a church or before I was on staff at a church, I volunteered at all of them. Because it was just so, so guilt-based yeah like living your life without the guilt yeah Uh, it's 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 difficult to describe because a lot of people i've watched a lot of debates Mm. in my life in general because you don't do anything uh (laughs) i don't do anything halfway halfway. so i like to listen to people argue about ideas and there are some really smooth brain arguments out there Mm, there's not a lot you can do about that but one of them is <laughs> One of them is like, well, if if God's not real, like, what's the point to your life? Like, yeah. why aren't you just out here murdering and raping this is people? All the same guy. <laughs> well, I mean, it's, it's not far off. Uh, and to that, I have a pretty easy answer. Um, I don't want to. I yeah. don't want to murder and rape people yeah. at, at all. Um, so I wouldn't want to. Like, uh, uh, God's not keeping me from doing that. First of all, yeah. But secondly. There's a, okay, all right, let me describe it this way. There's a great line in Captain America and the Winter Soldier. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Where, where uh, Nick Fury is explaining to Steven Rogers yeah. that the world is different. It's not the same as it was in little Nazi, Nazi Germany that you fought, right? Like yeah. everything's different. We can't wait for the bad guys to do something anymore. To which Steve Rogers replies, like, oh, I thought the punishment came after the crime. Like, yeah. and Nick is obviously upset with this idea because, you know, control. And he says, we can't wait for that to happen anymore because we don't know what the cost could be, essentially. Yeah. And 
Captain America responds, so by holding a gun to the world, you're calling it safety. Hmm. And that's what's happening with most standard people, especially evangelical and yeah. Mormonism. It's what's happening most is they, the gun is hell yeah. <laughs> and God is Nick Fury. Mm. God is holding them over hell. So they act good and he's calling it free will. Mm. He's calling it freedom. He's calling it love. Yeah. But if you disobey me, boop, I'm going to drop you in. You in you're done. So yeah. you're, you're going to be burning in eternity forever. There's nothing you can do about it, which let's, we, we can't even like begin to break down the fallacy of a eternal punishment for a temporal crime. Yeah. Like, how, where does that even... I always found that to be crazy. It's I, absolutely insane. I mean, I, I was terrified of it. And then once I was like, am I doing this because I'm afraid of it or am I doing this because I want to do it? Right. And that then, was actually the first thing I would say I deconstructed. Yeah. I would always tell people the first three things that you probably need to like get through is uh, the the infallibility of the Bible, mm. the the reality of hell, mm-hmm. and I forgot the third one. So. Yeah. Just, <laughs> and just start with those two. Just start with those two. Yeah, this is this is like life, life post-religion is... is it's a question mark mm-hmm. and it's a good question mark. I would say life past Smiley religion. Smiley face emoji question mark. Yeah, life life after religion um, contains a lot more peace and a lot more rest. Yeah. Do you, do you feel yourself, you're still working on like healing from, you know, the trauma and the... Um, I don't know if I necessarily would classify it as like healing anymore. Um, mostly I just have to like keep myself in check mm-hmm. on not having the same ideas in the opposite direction. Yeah. Because um that's so important. Yeah, cuz deconstruction so so like deconstruction as a coin phrase by this uh French Algerian Jew. I don't know how to say his last like Duradan or something like that. Super smart guy. I cannot read anything he writes cuz it's so confusing. Yeah. So and far above. It's so yeah. it, it's gone. I'm sorry. I think I keep moving your camera. No, it's okay. And he He's so smart, but God, I can't. Yeah. <sighs> anyway, so he created the idea of deconstruction. Wow. Like he he created like what it is essentially, and in, in, in his terms, it is to dismantle an object that you have loyalty to to see why and what's on the other side of it. Like what's mm. what is the opposing idea of this object in, in loyalty? Not necessarily in conflict, yeah. but just opposing. So like one of his examples is like men to women mm. or um, love to sex yeah. or uh, writing to speaking. So like what is like we've put a pedestal. We've put uh, speaking. Oops, You're getting good. far away. Yeah. <laughs> We put speaking on a pedestal because we see it as like authentic and real and conversational. And that's where like brains happen, right? Yeah. But we put writing on kind of the back burner because that's mostly just like a transcript of what you're speaking, right? But that's not the case necessarily. Like I do a lot better. It's that reverb. (laughs) Yeah. I do it like when I'm talking to somebody. I'll do a lot better if I'm having a conversation that's like more serious or like with more nuance. I'll do better in text than I will in speech. Sure. Because in text, I can like you read actually what I'm think saying. about it. Yeah. And actually say what you're thinking. You're actually like coming up with what you're thinking and feeling and, and wanting to say to this person rather than just reacting to what they're saying. Mm-hmm. So um, that idea, deconstruction, obviously, all words like change meaning over time. Yeah. Now, oh, God. I finally fell. It finally fell. Oh, wow. 
I just I just, just hold, hold it. it. You only got a couple seconds. Yeah, more minutes anyway. Yeah, you're right. Uh, but that idea with Christianity now, well, not Christianity necessarily, but like religion in general, uh, people are taking down the idea that they've been so loyal to this whole time sure. and seeing what's on the other side of it. And what's on the other side of it is like choice and like your own person, yeah. you know? So I think that that's why deconstruction is a good thing and, and why the church doesn't understand it. Yeah. I, I mean, it's, it's, it's the enemy of what we've been taught. It's, exactly. You know, it's, it's you, the idea initially was like, you find truth and you'll find God. And then it was like, well, what if I try to look outside of God? Yeah, exactly. What is a, no church on the wild. What's a, what's a, what's a man to a, what's a man to a king? What's a king to a mob? What's a mob, mob to, to a, no, 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 no. What's, what's a mob what's to a God? Mob, no, no, no. It's, it's, uh, what's a man to a mob? <laughs> What's a mob to a king? Yeah, it's a mob to a king. What's a, a king, king to, to a god? god? And what's, what's a, god a god to a non-believer? And you know? the, the, I mean, the idea that what's a mob to it's a king, song. what's a king to a god, and what's a god to a non-believer yeah. is one of those things that I think is the scariest thing. It's like everybody goes, well, no king can stand up to God. God, you know, that's mm-hmm. truth. That's the final. And you go, right. well, then what's a god to nothing? Right. Yeah, I mean, if yeah. you don't believe it, then what is it? And I think that's what scares people. The, um, yeah. It is scary to go through, and well, it's also because scary- there's a lot of nuance in it. So exactly, <laughs> and it's a it's a it's a scary thing, but it's a, it's an okay thing to do. Mm-hmm. And even if you land back where you were, at least you're there on purpose, right? A lot of people are just born into anything. Yeah, and uh, I mean, I think we'll see. I think eventually we'll see people going back to a thing uh, differently. Yeah, um, maybe I don't know. Maybe I mean, there's there's definitely a like I. I don't know. There's ebbs and flows to it. I don't think I could ever be like Christian, like 100. percent Oh yeah, same. It's not. It's not for me. Quakers seem interesting to me. (laughs) (laughs) I I I just think open-handed faith like that is interesting to me. But I just don't want to define it because the more I define it, the less I understand it. That's yeah. That's fair. Um, dude, thank you so much for coming to the Bro, thanks for thanks having for sharing. me. I know there was a million technical difficulties. That's okay. I had a great time. It wasn't like this last week. I tried to get cute with it. I, I promise. It's <laughs> it's okay. I really liked it. I had a great time. Do you have anything you want to plug or anything for the tens of people? Uh yeah, just Dragonfly Coffee House. This episode um, is brought to you by Dragonfly Coffee House. Get yes, your coffee is. there. Get yeah. your Java. Carrollton, Texas. Ooh. And uh, you know, just believe in yourself. That's good. <laughs> thanks for coming. Heck yeah.